Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tanell, for today, Sunday, December 19th. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. We're happy to have you here. Tonight, it's all about the beauty news. We have so much um, information to share with you guys tonight. Um, So make sure you get your notes, your notepads and your pens together and get ready to write down a couple dates and some some information that we um, we have to share for you tonight. But before I bring Denise on, I'm going to take – well, let me bring Denise on first. Good hey, evening. Hey, how there, are you? Good evening. I'm good. How are how you? How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go to a very quick commercial break um, really, really quickly before we continue. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 818- 691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right, we are back, and I wanted just to play a quick uh, commercial break because I wanted to start off by saying that we here at Beauty Talk are looking for new advertisers for the 2020 um, year of Beauty Talk. So if you are out there and you're listening to the show tonight um, and you're interested, please contact us. If you know of brands who may be interested, who want to spread the news about their their product lines or any information that they want to share, please um, let them know to reach out to us. Um, we offer very great rates for advertising. Um, and, again, we are looking for new advertisers for the 2020 year. And you can send um, your request to 
beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. That is B-E-A-U-T-Y-G-I-R-L-S media at gmail.com. All right. Also, I had a couple saved dates. Um, for 2022, we have Cosmopro, which is coming up July 12th through the 14th of 2022. It's their 19th edition. It's going to take place at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Again, that's Cosmoprof, July 12th through the 14th. And I just wanted to just share a little bit about Cosmoprof for, for those who don't know. It's the leading B2B beauty exhibition in the Americas, recognized for its dynamic growth and unique programs. The event offers the entire industry an opportunity to come together, make new relationships, and foster collaborations. Um, Cosmoprof North America serves as the premier launching pad for new beauty brands, introducing revolutionary technologies, product innovations, and new channels for distribution, packaging, and manufacturing. They love to showcase the best in beauty, including skincare, hair care, nail care, toiletries, fragrances, organic beauty products, tools, and accessories, and so much more. So if you're interested, if that sounds like the show for you, please make sure you save the date. Um, it's coming July 12th through 14th. You can follow probeauty.org um, um, for more information. You can also follow cosmoprofnorthamerica.com, and that's C-O-S-M-O-P-R-O-S-N-O-R-T-H, a-M-E-R-I-C-A dot com, CosmoProfNorthAmerica.com um, for more information. And I'm sure in the coming months they'll start releasing information about tickets, okay? So, again, that's July 12th through the 14th in Las Vegas. Also um, in Las Vegas is the Executive Summit, and that's November 16th through the 17th of 2022, Again, that's November 16th through the 17th of 2022, the, executive, the PBA Executive Summit. And there's, uh, there'll be more information um, later in the year about that, but just wanted to throw the dates out there for you guys to kind of mark your calendars, start to think about it, maybe you want to plan to go. So those are the dates, November 16th through the 17th for the PBA Executive Summit. Now, I've been talking about um, NAHA. 2022, NISSE, which is the International Salon and Spa Expo. So we've been announcing those dates, and you know the tickets are on sale. And just want to let you know again that the NAHA 2022 will take place January 30th, and that's taking place during ISSE. So ISSE, which is the International Salon and Spa Expo, takes place January 29th through the 31st. And during that time, NAHA 2022 will take place on January 30th. And NAHA, for those of you who don't know, is the North American Hairstyling Awards. Okay, that takes place in Long Beach at the Long Beach Convention Center, and it is one of the largest shows um, in the country, and it's definitely the largest on the West Coast. Um, just wanted to give you some information on ticket pricing. For those of you who are interested, if you are a PBA member, you know, PBA membership has its, its benefits and its advantages. Um, if you are a PBA member, your three-day ticket is $45. Your digital-only ticket is $20. Not a bad deal at all. 
Um, if you're not a PBA member, the regular price for a three-day ticket is $95. So that ticket goes up um, $50 if you're not a PBA member. And then excuse me, the digital-only cost, excuse me, is $40. So you're going to make sure you're going to want to make sure you get your tickets. Okay. Um, let's move on a little bit to um, IMETS Los Angeles. Uh, IMETS Los Angeles is coming back January 8th through 9th, 2022, in Pasadena, uh, California, at the Pasadena Convention Center, and that's located at 300 East Green Street in Pasadena, California, again. Um Tickets for that event, you totally missed the early bird tickets. So tickets for that event um, available now through January 9th. Uh, for Saturday, it's $35. Uh, for the Sunday date, it's $25. And for a two-day bundle, it's a total of $45. So if you're going to go um, for sure for one day, Saturday is $35. Sunday is $25, but um, I think the $45 ticket price would ch- probably be your best bet because more than likely you're going to go on one day and decide to go back, unless you're one of those people who only decide to go on Sundays. Um, just remembering IMAX in the past, some years and years ago, a lot of the professional makeup artists who lived in L.A. would only come uh, on Sundays because, you know, they work through the week, and then on Saturday they would use that time for personal uh, stuff, and then they show up on Sundays because then they would think that possibly less um, non-makeup people there. <laughs> so uh, they would, they would you know, use that Sunday date as the date for them to come, you know, with less people uh, being there. But it never really worked out like that. IMAX was always packed both days with makeup, you know, makeup artists and non-makeup artists, makeup enthusiasts, and everybody in between. So, but just get ready for um, a brand new exciting um, event. I know Michael Key is really happy to be back. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, really happy to be back. Really happy to um, to be pre- presenting and and hosting uh, the IMATS Los Angeles again. Um, I know they have IMATS London planned for um, a to be determined date. So normally London is in um, May, so we, sh- we shall see if that um, if that happens or when that happens, I should say. But again, for now, IMS Los Angeles is uh, Saturday and Sunday, January 8th through 9th, and I noticed this time around they're not having the pro-only um, event. Normally they have that on the Friday. Um, it's like select hours for, for pros, so they don't have that, but they do have on Saturday, of course, the show is open to the public, but for if you're an IMATS Pro Card member, you're able to get in at 9 a.m., and then for the general admission tickets, they're able to get in at 10 a.m. So if you're a Pro Card member, you have a one-hour advantage. So you're, <clears throat> you can get in the show from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., general admission from 10 to 5 p.m. And then on Sunday, January 9th, all ticket holders get in at the same time, and that's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Can I say something for this event, about IMAX? Uh-huh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. No, go ahead. No, I was just um, going to say something just... quickly about. I was just going to say something quickly about IMAT. Um, um, just wanting everybody to know that we will have Michael Key on um, as the very first show of the new year. So for those of you who have questions about IMAT or, or wondering if you should attend or, or just have specific questions about how things are going to work, we'll have Michael Key on the show, um, the first episode of the new year. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have him on then. Um, the things, a few things you should know about the uh, show. Your photo ID is required for entry. Um, tickets will not be sold at the door. Um, they encourage you to put, purchase your tickets prior to making your travel arrangements um, because tickets can sell out. So just be sure you buy your tickets now. Again, you have... Um, from now until uh, January 9th to continue buying tickets. So go ahead now and get your tickets before tickets sell out because they will not be sold at the door. Um, <clears throat> there's a service fee that's applied to each ticket when you, when you purchase online. And then uh, you have to have a proof of vaccination or a pre-entry negative COVID-19 viral test result. Let me, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to read to you, I thought I saw somewhere on their site. Well, I won't, I won't worry about it. Basically, I'll, I'll sum it up in a nutshell. Basically, these are not, um, this is not IMAT's particular protocols uh, for the show. This is all based on the city of Pasadena and the Pasadena Convention Center. This is what they require so, of course, being the the host of IMATS, Michael Key and the IMATS staff have to abide by uh, the protocols from the city of uh, Pasadena. So it says the city of Pasadena is requiring that attendees show proof of vaccination or pre-entry negative COVID-19 viral test. Again, proof of vaccination. So if you have a, your vaccination card, you can enter with that in your ID and your ticket. If not, if you're not vaccinated... Then you have to have, of course, your ID and a pre-entry negative COVID-19 viral test. Um, so for more information on that, you can go to cityofpasadena.net uh, forward slash public hyphen health, and they will give you all the information um, on that. And they should be able to tell you, like, how far in advance the test results need to be before entering the show. If it's like a, um, you know, a 48-hour thing or a 72-hour thing, something like that. But um, you can go to, um, again, cityofpasadena.net for more information on that, or you can visit um, imats.net for more information. If you are not a ProCard member, you can be, um, because ProCard members receive discounts. Um, you can use the, uh, the ProCard section on, on the IMATS website um, to, you know, to buy your tickets and receive your discount for tickets. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I thought ProCard members got in for free, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think they get in for I think they yeah. get ProCard members get in for free. Um, if you're like a student or something like that, you get a, you know you get a pretty good discount on um, 
you know, on on that. But I think the 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 fees that they were talking about, as far as when you're purchasing online, I mean, it's, it's you know very minimal. It's like two dollars or dollar seventy five, something like that. So it's not such a large fee to kind of deter you from from wanting to get a ticket. You know, trust and believe. Right. All of this. <laughs> You'll be able to write off later because it's going towards your education. So get your tickets now. Again, the Saturday admission is $35. Um, Sunday admission is 25 Or you can get the bundle for both days for $45. So I think that, um, that's very important. But I also do know that uh, Estate Cosmetics, which is one of, the, uh, one of the vendors there, they are looking for someone to work in their booth at IMET. So if you're interested in working at the booth um, for Estate Cosmetics, um, I'm pretty sure they will, not promising this, this is, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm sure there will be some trade-off. I don't know if there's payment or if, they, if they're willing to give, like, um, if they're willing to give product or something like that for, for working at their booth. But, you know, something to consider. If they're not offering mm-hmm. payment, then maybe you should um, try to negotiate um, getting product. But anyway, you can email Gurmeet, G-U-R-M-E-E-T, at estatecosmetics.com. Again, it's Gurmeet, G-U-R-M-E-E-T, at estatecosmetics.com, if you're interested in working um, at their booth January 8th through the 9th of 2022. And so let me read to you some of their sponsors and brands uh, that are participating. <clears throat> their platinum sponsor, of course, is Amia Brushes. Some of their exhibitors are Ardell, uh, Delium Tools, uh, Cinema Secrets, Tablet, uh, Krylon, Grex, um, Enzo Milano, Pacific Instruments. I love shopping at Pacific Instruments every time I'm at IMAT. I get the best tweezers and, and scissors and all that there. Um, oh, yeah. Rude, you have rubber, Rubberware, you have Tarian Spirit, um, you have Kids Dazzling Beauty, you have DNA Professional Hair Tools. You have Nigel Beauty Emporium, Estate, RCMA Makeup, Heidi D Cosmetics. Um, I like them. Infinite Glow. You have Glamcore. You have Jason Wu Beauty, Kim Chi, uh, Mae Johnson and Company, Lorella, Cosette, Brush Beauty Balm. They have some great products. Vampire Cosmetics, Face Blue, Ruby May, Melanie Mills, Onset Headset, The Makeup Light, Lashify, um, Pinky Rose. Uh, Very Terry Beauty, and Aaliyah Cosmetics. So it's qu- quite a few people there, and there are a few more. Um, so look forward to that. One thing I did not notice, I mean, I, that I noticed was I did not see uh, Friends Beauty. Did I, I don't think I mentioned Friends Beauty. Hmm. And I didn't I didn't see them listed there, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, maybe, maybe we can maybe reach out to them and find out if they I was thinking that, but it's like um, a little, well, it's like, you know, a little less than a month away from the show. So I would think by now. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, they would, they would be, they would have to know booth wise, but. And then what's, it's going to be a much smaller show than, out of, than in the past. What's the brand that comes out of Friends? Um, uh, Stilazi. Um, Stilazi. Stilazi. Did you mention them? Did you no. mention Stilazi? Oh, okay. No, I didn't see them at all. They're not, yeah, they're not here at all. So. And you did say Cinema Secrets? I did. 
Now, re- refresh my memory, but Cinema Secrets, they used to actually have a physical store in L.A., right? Yes, and they closed it. And they closed it, right. But but they're mm-hmm. going to be at, have a booth at the show. Yes, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. I just wanted to make sure I was thinking of the right brand. Um, yeah, yes. I love their uh, I love their foundation. Yes, very nice, very nice, very nice. So foundation. I wanted to get on Work. to <clears throat> I wanted to get on to um, to the schedule for Saturday and Sunday a little bit, um, just to give you an idea of who's going to be there, what. Uh, you know, seminar sessions are going to take place, things like that, just to hear a little bit about the education. Um, so on Saturday at 11 a.m., stage one, so this is the first thing up on Saturday, um, Sanfine and Gregory Alt, uh, two artists, one face. So celebrity makeup artist Sanfine, whose clients include Queen Latifah, Iman, and Vanessa Williams, joins forces with Emmy-nominated makeup artist Gregory Alt, whose clients include Gwen Stefani, Angelina Jolie, and Dita Von Teese for an innovative take on their approach to a face. Join them for this never-before-seen class and learn tips, tricks, and techniques from these two world-renowned artists. Um, stage uh, 11 a.m. on stage two, same time, to be determined, so I guess they're going to fill that slot with someone. 1 p.m., stage one, you have Clint Brock, Discover the Difference of Omnia Professional. We'll be talking all about Omni Professional Brushes, um, 1 p.m. on Stage 2. So, again, it looks like each each time they're going to have somebody on uh, two stages at the same time. Uh, so, 1 p.m. Stage 2 is Goran Lundstrom, Gucci, and Beyond, an interview with Oscar nominee Goran Lundstrom about his career with an emphasis on designing prosthetics for Jared Leto for House of Gucci. That will be moderated by Michael Key. Uh, let's see. We had 3 p.m. on Stage 2, the Dune Discussion Panel with Donald Mowat, Love Larson, and Eva Von Barr, a behind-the-scenes discussion with the makeup team from one of the most significant films of the year, uh, moderated by Michael Key. Uh, stage I'm sorry, 3 p.m. again on stage one, Terry, uh, Terry, Appen- I cannot pronounce his last name. Anyway, <laughs> Terry will be there on stage one at 3 p.m. They have something, they've kind of got a little mistaken here somewhere with um, the times because they have 3 p.m. stage two, 3 p.m. stage one, and 3 p.m. stage two. So Mike Marino from Coming to America will be on stage two talking about um, his prosthetics work uh, for Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall on Coming to America too. So all of that's going on at the same time as the Doom discussion panel and then Terry's talk um, at the same time. And all of that's Saturday. But it's interesting to me because I did not see any um, – these look like all stage um, – like – uh, demos and seminars or panel discussions. I didn't see any separate like uh, classroom type of um, classes. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, when he comes, we can we, yeah we can talk to him about that. I think it's just going to be a yeah. much smaller show than what we're used to at IMAT. 
Yeah, and they're probably just also just testing the waters. Yeah, and and, and it's good, too, because, you know, you want to control the crowds. Um, you want to keep it, you know, you want to ease your way back into this type of event, you know. So on on, yeah. on Sunday, January 9th, you have 11 a.m., stage one to be determined. So there's still some areas where they need to um, add some some speakers in. On stage two, you have Kevin Haney, the interview with Oscar winner Kevin Haney, who's a motion picture veteran, and that'll be moderated by Deborah uh, Weeks. And then at 1.45 p.m. on stage one, one of Michael Key's favorites, <laughs> I know she is, uh, Mimi Choi, Surreal Makeup Illusions with Mimi Choi. Um, at 1 p.m. at stage two, that's to be determined. At 3 p.m. on stage one, Roshar. So if you don't know who Roshar is, you need to look him up, but that will be um, a great presentation to see on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, the night, 3 p.m. on stage one. And that's for about 60 minutes. And then on uh, 3 p.m. stage two, you have Love and Eva uh, interview. So, again, some details are still to be determined, but some details are out there. So you can check out um, the IMAX website at IMAX.net for more information. But, again, it's, that's a couple things I've, I've noticed, that um, so, some certain vendors that are not there, and then uh, the absence of, like, the classroom-style classes. So that's something we can talk to Michael Key about. But, again, I'm pretty sure it's all due to COVID and all due to, um, you know, just the crowds and things like that. So this will be a nice, easy, um, you know, way back into it. Um, and we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, it should be we interesting. See what happens. But um, I am, I am kind of glad that the Pasadena Convention Center is requiring um, vaccinations or COVID tests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it should be interesting. Like you said, it's it's just a new day now. Um, it's like you said, it's going to be smaller just to test the waters um, and just to see. I think it's good, you know, everything is happening on stage, no separate classrooms, um, you know, just, I guess, to just reduce the crowds and, Things like that, so it'll be it'll be interesting, and I think it's just a good way to to make a comeback, just slowly. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a large crowd. Now, some people are probably going to be excited about just um, you know having an in person uh, show. So it'll be interesting. It'll be great for some people, and I'm sure the vendors are excited about getting out there and actually seeing the people, being able to talk to people about their product, um, you know, just getting back into the swing of things. So I'm sure it'll be great. I'll have some questions for Michael for sure. Um, it's going to be interesting, but you made a point earlier. You were talking about, um, you know, how some of the things that you remembered about IMAX, you know, you were talking about like the, the pros coming on Sunday, thinking that the crowd mm-hmm. would be less on Sundays. But, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I remember, and I know they definitely can't do that now because it just brought too much of a crowd, but I always loved it when IMAX 
had, and I'm trying to remember, I think they called it the Afterglow. Afterglow mm-hmm. was amazing. It, it's sometimes, I remember when it would start off as something small, and then the next thing you know, a whole separate venue was rented out, um, you know, down the street and around the corner, you know what I mean, or five blocks away or something. But the Afterglow was like the thing to participate in because it was um, a lot of, you know, you had networking, you kind of had people where they could just let their hair down, you know what I mean? Like now their vendors are no longer standing behind the booth, you know, um, you know, you could greet people outside of the booth. It was just a nice party atmosphere where people could get a chance to like get to know each other, to network and that kind of thing. That was really, really fun. Um, but they can't do that now. It would be too much. But they had some really great afterglow over the years. I yeah, do remember. Really I can't really remember. Did. Now, do you remember if there was a requirement for who could attend? I don't think that. so. I, just, I, think, I don't think it was. I think you could just show up, yeah, I believe. And maybe as long as you had a ticket. Okay. You know, I don't know if you had a it could have been something. It could have also been something that you had to RSVP for, or maybe I don't know. I maybe if you were like you a had, pro card holder. I think as long as you had your wristband. Okay. Yeah, I don't know thinking, if it was a pro you know, card holder thing or what, because I'm just imagine like, you know, if you had thousands of people to show up during the day. Um, for IMAX, and by the time IMAX ended, um, if those same thousands of people were still there, I just can't imagine all of them being at the afterglow. <clears throat> true. So, true. yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was a pro card thing or something. I don't know, but it was always fun. <laughs> we were always there. That I do know. Um, it was yeah, always fun. Definitely like, having those events. Mm-hmm. And that Friday night, pro night, when they initiated that, that was amazing. You know, it was a time where you could hear yourself talk, you know. Yeah, that was always nice being able to walk the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be able to talk to the vendors and to be able to hear hear yourself and to hear them and actually have a conversation without having to yell or, you know what I mean, you could take your time. You didn't feel like you had to exactly. rush around the floor because the floor was just totally open and clear and you could walk through and it, it was really nice. Yeah. I think the first time they did that, uh, they even had a bar or something like that. So people were walking around with glasses of wine. It was like a really chill um, atmosphere, you know? Oh, really chill yeah. Atmosphere. I do remember that <laughs> the first time they had the bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. but, I mean, to, to even say that there was a bar just showed you how relaxed that Friday pro night was. You know, it was really because right. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. IMAX used to pack the house. You know what I mean? And I don't know which day was worse, Saturday or Sunday. It used to be packed. So if you can imagine yeah. being at a booth at a booth on a Saturday where you're walking up to a booth and maybe asking a question about something, but you have 
like several stages on the main floor happening at one time. Then you have music going somewhere. Then you have other people at their booth who may be doing live demos with a microphone. Um, So it's constant noise and dialogue constantly. So to have a night where you can hear yourself speak and you can hear the person that's speaking back to you and everything else that's going on in that large hall is not interfering in interfering with what you have going on. It's right. amazing. It's like the difference between night and day. So I definitely appreciated those pro nights. Um, <clears throat> I really did. It, it gave me a chance to get some advanced shopping, you know, done without long lines and that kind of thing. Um, and right. then the next day, you know, next day when you get in there and there's the crowd, there's the long lines, you just kind of go with the flow at that point, you know. But it's good when, you, when you're when a pro and you have certain things that you need to accomplish, you know, information that you need to get, people that you need to talk to, you were able to do that. Okay, now that's out of the way. Now I'm going to go participate on Saturday and Sunday in what the show really is, you know. Right. So it was that was always right. good. But, yeah, I just wanted to mention that afterglow because that was – I know that's a thing of the past, and that was a thing of the past long before uh, COVID. But um, I just wanted to mention that for those who may, you know, maybe new to IMATS or who have attended, like, within the last two or three years and didn't know what the afterglow was, you know, that was always a good time. So it'd be nice yeah. to one day – to one day have that back in some form or fashion. But again, we can give our request to Michael Keith, you know, in the new year when we speak with him. <clears throat> That's going to be interesting. Right. I'm, I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to talk to Michael. Um, I'm excited to see what the direction, the direction that he wants to go in with this show and all the plans that he has. He had a great virtual show. Um, you know, in in 2020, um, and a lot, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of people had great virtual shows. Um, you know, diff- in in different different areas, you know, makeup, photography, whatever the genre was, pe- there were a lot of um, organizations that put on really great virtual shows, and I like the idea of ISSE when I mentioned earlier. And the ticket prices, ISSE, you know, they're going to have a, um in-person show, but they're going to continue the virtual show. So I like that. So that's a question that I have for Michael Key. I, I haven't heard you say anything about that in all of the announcements that you've made about IMAX over the last few weeks, but um, I would love to see if Michael Key would even entertain something like that, like continuing – have an in-person show, but, you know, just do a um, maybe a modified version of a virtual show for those who just can't can't get there. You know, I think that's because, you know, that's virtual is, is, is what's happening now, and it, it's now, and I think it's going to always be. 
you yeah. know, no and, matter and, what. And the, he had a really good, he had a really good virtual show. Uh, mm-hmm. this, I think it was this summer. It was really good, and I love the networking. Yeah. I love. Um, I forget exactly what it was called, but it was like, okay, so it was like the afterglow actually. And it was set up as if it were in like a, a lounge, like a restaurant or lounge mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And so you could actually yeah. see like the tables and the bar and things like that. So it was set up like that. So as you entered the lounge, you know, somebody could click on your on your little bubble with your face on it and, and start a conversation with you. And you could actually hear them talking to you as if you were on the phone or something. <laughs> So it was really, yeah. it was really, really nice. It was almost almost like a individual uh, clubhouse experience or individual Twitter Spaces experience, just you and that person. So it was really good. Right. And it was so funny because I actually got to go on and talk to a young lady who was actually a fan of the show of Beauty Talk, and so it was oh, really nice. good. We talked, we talked, we talked about you know, her makeup career and uh, answering to some of the questions she had and things like that. So it was really, it was really good. And I really liked that whole concept on, cause you know, sometimes you can go into, um, into these different uh, virtual types of shows and you have these networking opportunities, but they really don't feel like real networking opportunities. Or sometimes they're just a chat. Like this was like mm-hmm. a real live, chat where I didn't have to type, I could actually just talk. And so that worked right. out um, really nicely, really nicely. And speaking of um, Twitter spaces, something that we started doing um, for a couple of weeks now and we will continue to do is um, we'll continue to get on. It probably We probably won't start it back up until after the new year, but once we do a show, We'll continue to get on Twitter spaces after the show for maybe like 30 minutes to an hour to kind of like recap the show and as well as um, recap the show and just kind of come up with a uh, like a, a topic to talk about um, for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, depending on who gets on. It's just a way of us to continue um, with our network of, of, of our Beauty Talk crew and continue to build our network to um, – you know, to get it out there, just, just in case if there are some people who may not be aware of the show, but yet they're on Twitter, or they can see, they can they can hear us on uh, on Twitter, and they can continue to follow us and, and join the show. And if there's anybody out there who have like any ideas for for show ideas or just topics of conversation, the things that you want to talk about, things you know, because we we had a a Q and A a Q and A last week on Twitter spaces. And so that turned out nice and it was great because people came on, they had questions or they may have jumped in and then they heard what we were talking about. And so they contributed to um, to that conversation. So it was really good. So we will continue Twitter spaces. Again, if you don't know what Twitter spaces is, go out, go out on Twitter and follow at Twitter spaces. Same concept as, um, as um, Clubhouse but except it's on Twitter, you can only um, do it on iOS or Android from your cell phone, um, not from your computer at all, but from your cell phone. Um, so jump on Twitter spaces, join the conversation on Beauty Talk. 
Yes. And, you know, one of the other last things that I had to talk about tonight was, um, and first before I do that, let me just say I am really enjoying Twitter spaces. You know, Twitter is your number one platform that you love to use, and um, getting on Twitter spaces, I didn't realize that I was going to enjoy that as much as I do. Um, and it has really, it's really gotten me back to Twitter, actually. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention, I was reading an article, and I thought, it would, well, maybe it's important for me to share for those um, artists out there who are product owners, you know, who have small businesses and they have product lines. I thought this was very interesting. I read an article that showed that shared five product label tips for increasing digital reach. Um, and it basically just talked about how global shopping hab- habits have permanently altered due to the COVID-19 vaccine, you know, pandemic, and brands need to adapt to this change in consumer behavior or miss out on growth opportunities. So they talked about how, you know, the, the Adobe Digital Economy Index predicts global e-commerce sales of $4.2 trillion in 2021 were driven partly by a reliance on online shopping caused by the pandemic. I can see that. With U.S. shoppers expected to account for one quarter of the spending. Um, and it talks a lot about how leading cosmetics brands have been the most agile during the pandemic, which has enabled them to succeed during the accelerated shift to e-commerce, you know, whereas other brands, you know, can look, you know, they can look to them when adapting to their own e-commerce strategies. So, you know, some of the smaller brands, you know, who may not have at the moment, at that time had an e-commerce um, presence, and the ones who did were probably not in a position to really excel during the pandemic. Um, and so basically they're saying that now at this time they can kind of look to those bigger brands and see what their strategies strategies are. And so this is what these five tips are all about. Um, and they, they mentioned, I remember seeing them mention like Anastasia, Huda Beauty, and uh, Kylie Cosmetics. Like they're like some of the leading cosmetic brands on social, on social media, media. And that's partly because they skillfully demonstrate the prestige of their products via their packaging. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't really paid any of their packaging much attention. Like I know I do use um, a lot of the Anastasia products, but I've never really paid attention to, you know, the packaging, like paying a whole lot of attention, like enough to make me so focused on it that, oh, okay, I would want to buy a product. Um, this particular um, article gives five tips. And one of the tips that they said that, you know, some of the smaller brands need to do is, one, invest in packaging. Two, they need to make it personal. Three, create brand ambassadors. Four, be social. Five, add value. So these are some of the tips that they're giving to kind of help increase your digital reach. So if you're, if, you know, you have a website, 
or if you're selling on Instagram or you're selling on Facebook, these are some of the things that they're saying that you need to do to kind of increase your reach. And one of the things, the number one thing they said is invest in packaging. You know, they said that, you know, those brands that I just mentioned, like Kylie and Huda and Anastasia, they said those brands use a lot of, like, hot foil label embellishments, um, embossing and debossing techniques. They add a lot of details to their logos or illustrations and product names. Um, and that, that in itself has enhanced the coveted status of their products while still conveying the brand's message. So a small brand might be saying, okay, you know what? That's all fine and good. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like we're doing the best that we can with the finances, the money that we have to make the, the, this packaging appealing, this labeling appealing. And I think for some, for some brands, for some small brands, it's not necessarily the packaging. For some brands, it's more so the labeling. You know what I mean? Because that's what makes an average package pop. That's true. You know what I mean? That makes an average uh, package pop. So true. Because when you take the if you take the labels off of Huda Beauty, Kylie, Anastasia, what do you have? A basic packaging. You know, so. It's the labeling and the, all the details that they put in the logos and, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not saying that it's impossible for a small brand. I'm just saying that um, that it's, for some small brands, it's it's a lot for them to accomplish that. But I think it is doable. You know, it's doable. And I think, right. like I said, it's not necessarily, it's not always the packaging. I think it's more so the labeling. So when it says invest in packaging, as a small brand owner, I would focus on the actual labeling. So if you want to get that nice, you know, embossed label or foil, that's where you should put your focus in that. If you have a, a nice bottle, then I think the foils and the embossed you know, embossing, that's what's going to make that pop. Not focus on getting the, the fanciest and the most expensive bottle, and then you have an average label. No. So, anyway, just something to think about. Invest in packaging. And they talked about making it personal. And one of the examples that they gave was Coca-Cola led the way in personalized labeling in 2013 when it when its Share a Coke campaign came out. And it it says replacing its iconic logo with popular names helped sell 150 million bottles. Underlining how making um packaging a part of the shopping experience can boost sales. Now, I really I guess because I don't drink soda, so I don't really um remember the share of Coke campaign. But mm-hmm. That was one of the examples that they gave of how to make it personal, like Coca-Cola personalized labeling um, during that time. So that's something that you would have to do a little research on if you want more information on how to understand that. And then they said create brand ambassadors. 
Beauty has always led the way in user-generated um, content, understanding its power to increase engagement and consumer trust. Unboxing videos, shopping hall content, and product reviews are tried and tested tactics that work because potential buyers trust other users. Research from 3D Cart highlights its real benefit as 70% of shoppers will consider UGC reviews or ratings before making a purchasing decision. Developing products with packaging that is part of the user experience is key to leveraging UGC. Attractive, photogenic packaging plays a significant role in building a digital audience. Videos tagged pretty packaging have completely racked up 55.8 million views on TikTok, while pound unboxing videos have been viewed 22.9 billion times. Who knew? <laughs> um, that's interesting. So I'm just trying to share some of these little tips, and I think that's what going forward in the new year when we do our beauty news shows, I'm going to um, bring some information from a business standpoint for those of you out there who are um, who are product owners, just sharing some information. Um, they said to be social. So social media usage continues to grow, and with it, the greater need for brands to communicate via digital channels. Worldwide users of TikTok increased by 85.3% in 2020, and by September 2021, it reached 1 billion monthly users global. So you know what? I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, I, I get TikTok and everything, but it has really interested me in how for businesses that TikTok is so huge. Yeah. <clears throat> So, you know, they talk about yep. how social media is now the main method that brands can use to reach new audiences, particularly millennial and Generation Z consumers. Um, and it, this is so how products um, – so basically, so how your products look on Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and other sites requires a real consideration during the design process. So basically, take the your, your – um, social media seriously, and you really have to plan out that content and how you, how those products look when you post them on some of those social media platforms. So be, when they say be social, there's a lot more um, to it than just jumping on, you know, liking some stuff, making a few comments. It's all about how you present those products on your platform um, and how you present that content that's going to draw your audience's attention. And then the last right. thing they say is add, add value. Increase your audience engagement by being a brand that provides its customers with added value. And I think this part is so important because they're saying product labels and packaging can provide additional assets and methods of communication. The inclusion of QR codes, for example, customers' access to other resources such as images or tutorial videos. QR codes for product labels and packaging can be created online for free. Using QR codes on product packaging can also encourage further engagement via 
incentives for sharing UGC or repeat purchases via discount codes and personalized offers. So something to think about for sure, um, just a way of increasing your digital reach because if we didn't know it before, we definitely know it now. Um, online is the way to go. Um, every product line needs to have a website, a web, you know, an online presence with a website and some social media accounts. So something to think about. And my um, source for this information came through um, the global cosmetic industry. Just wanted to share nice. that. Nice. And, you know, I ran across something earlier that's totally not even associated with any of this. And somebody was asking about how to depot um, a certain product. And the response actually came from the brand owner. And they were saying to, you know, to basically use the, um, <clears throat> you know, the depotter, the, um, what's the little, um, like the the depotting thingy from, um, oh, help me out here. Um, help me out. Who are you looking, what's the name of the what now? Okay, the, the 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 product that you use to depot the 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 little um, not really oven the little thingy, stove? but the little warmer thing. Yeah, what's the brand? What's the brand? Oh, oh, the brand um, Z Z Palette. Z Palette. Z Palette. Yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just run a blank. Um, to use that to to loosen up the glue on the bottom of the pan so that it can just pop right out of the packaging. And I thought about, and I thought to myself, you know, are people still depotting products? And I'm assuming some people, some people probably are. Um, some people probably are, especially when you're a freelancer and you're and you're just, you know, you're carrying around so much product. Like, you know, you have some brands. Let's just say uh, Cosetti, for instance, who they have different size um, palettes for their eyeshadows. Right. So you can just buy the pans and, and fill it up in your in your um in your palette or whatever and, and just carry that whole palette. But then, you know, there are other brands who may not necessarily have those. And so they just have individual shadows. And so sometimes people want to take all of their individuals and depot it. Like if you're on like a hair makeup like a makeup trailer like we are when we work on film and T V, sometimes it doesn't matter if it's depotted or not. You have plenty of space to put all of that stuff. But if you're just freelancing going from one, one job to the next, you don't want to carry all of these individual products. You know, if you can depot, you know, your eyeshadows, your blushes and things like that and carry them all in one or two palettes, then that's what you want to do. And so I thought it was interesting, maybe like maybe like one, you know, one Sunday next year, we can kind of, you know, um, we can kind of talk about that a little bit or or. It, you know, and it doesn't even have to be on Beauty Talk on a Sunday night. It could be maybe like a Twitter Spaces, and we in, invite Zena on, and we can talk about, you know, her and, and depotting and, and talk about that whole process again because I'm sure there are people out there who, you know, some people who may not even really know much about that whole um, 
concept of depotting. I mean, I can't imagine a makeup artist not knowing, but if they if they don't, there are people out there who may not, and there's people out there who may want to know more about it because, as you remember, we have we have a makeup friend who can't depot anything to save her life. Like <laughs> she ends up, you know. <laughs> She ends up burning the packaging or melting the packaging and uh, ruining the product. It's just crazy. She can't do it to save her life. So anyway, you know, that might be a nice, like, Twitter Spaces conversation to get on, you know. Right. Get on and, and talk about that, talk about the best ways of doing that, you know, especially um, especially with COVID being around and how do you, you know, how do you keep your products sanitized and, you know, and your palate's clean and, you know, maybe that's something we can, we can, we can do. Just throw yeah. Out there. That's interesting. You're right. I'm wondering how many people are, you know, depotting. Yeah. How many so people? I haven't, so, I, know, I haven't um, depotted anything in a while, but I have right. so much stuff that it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Like I, you know, <laughs> Some things mm-hmm. I have to start like giving away, but um, that's not such a bad idea, you know, to to depot right. it and just because the thing about it is, I especially working with film and TV, I would love to have like miniature palettes, like little small palettes, and not you know if if I use a certain number of shadows from let's say Cosetti's palette, but then I have a smaller palette that I can just put whatever the shadows that I use inside of a smaller palette. Mm-hmm. And then I can put that in the actress's bag, you know, and take that to set. So those little things are, are good. So this, I'm not taking the whole palette, putting in the actress's bag or putting it in my set bag and risking something getting right. damaged or, you know, things like that. But, yeah, that's that, that's something we should kind of revisit because I think that would be, yeah. um, that would be good. That would be Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Well, I just want to quickly thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, We are running out of time, so I just wanted to say um, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Catch us next Sunday night on the 26th where we will kind of of take a look at the whole entire year and share some of our favorite episodes um, throughout 2021. Check us out on December 26th as well. And uh, we'll have a great show planned for you guys then. And in the meantime, have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.